Yo, 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 welcome back to the Rugby Swag Show, yo. We are back today. We got some subjects to be talking about today, yo. Look, yo, NFL is taking rugby players. NFL is continuing to take rugby players. Yo, also, British and Irish Lions. It looks like we're now stepping outside the 20th century, really, the, the late 19th century, and entering into the 21st century, finally. Women's tour finally happening. On top of that, we got... What, what else do we got? We got Challengers Cup Series, man. Look, we already got our first two winners, and relegation is coming for the HSBC 7 Series. In addition, a major rugby player finally just got their NBA. And of course, last but absolutely not least, we have talking to our people, talking to the audience to see what we're about. But first, before we get started, yo, let's hit this. Let's hit this intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. You are now tuned in. Welcome to the Rugby Swag Show. Yo, I am so happy to have you guys here. My name is Gift Gift Time and Bailu here on Rugby Swag Show. Yo, welcome to another great episode. Of course, before I always get started, I say, please, if you do enjoy what you're seeing here today, please go ahead and hit that like button on the YouTube channel. And of course, hit that subscribe and please be not afraid to join the conversation when we're talking live here like we are today. You can absolutely do it in the comments on the YouTube channel, on Facebook, on Instagram, please, even on uh, on Twitch. Instagram, we can't throw you up, but we want to have the conversations with you one way or another. So I'm excited to have you guys. Also, 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 if you guys get a chance, please go ahead and follow us on our social medias at Rugby Swag on Instagram, Gift Abelu on X, that's Abelu, G-I-F-T-E-G-B-E-L-U, and at Gift Time Rugby on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok, and on Twitch. Uh, and if you can't catch the show live and you don't want to be able to just watch it, absolutely check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and really any major uh audio podcasting platform that you guys have. These just seem to be the main ones that we get most of all. So it, it's going to be exciting. Y'all, I'm I'm kind of hyped for today, right? I'm, I'm kind of hyped for today because, one, it's nice to be back. Another week of rugby news happening across the board. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're always about that life trying to see what's going to be happening going on. Um, also, on top of that, I you know, I, I like to talk about myself a little bit before we get into the rest of the news. But this week, I finally got to return back to rugby practice. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been a rugby guy. I've been doing this since 2009. But honestly, I haven't been back to rugby probably. I haven't played a meaningful game of rugby since September of 2018. Uh, and I haven't done a practice since September of 2022. All right, so it's been a while, but, man, I've been trying to work out, get myself back in rhythm, you know, make sure that you can at least take the hits, make the hits, do the runs, all that good stuff. Well, y'all, I uh, I definitely got a little bit of a humbling experience yesterday. I got to play with my guys over in Kutachiba Rugby. Uh, actually, you guys can check out their interview. Uh, I can't remember which number, but it's in there with Kutachiba Rugby. But great set of guys. Uh, love them out here in Brazil. Uh, but, you know, you want to come out and you want to come out with a bang, you know, especially being an older guy. I'm not trying to, you know, embarrass myself like that. Well, needless to say, we had the uh, the Bronco drill, uh, the Bronco test to get done this week, uh, yesterday. This was the first, technically the second practice of the new year that we started. First official full practice of the year. So came in. I'm just like, all right, you know what? It's okay. I got this. I, I got my numbers. You know, when you do the Bronco, you know, it's it's basically a mile run, but you're doing it in intervals of three. So, you know, 20 meters, 40 meters, 60 meters uh, and back and forth. And so in my mind, I'm just like, OK, I'm going to get this man. When I tell you I embarrassed myself this weekend, this this yesterday, I embarrassed myself so hard on Tuesday. 
But like I did the Bronco, I came in second to last. Honestly, I I had a nine minute thirty four second Bronco. That's terrible. All right, you're supposed to go no higher than seven as a just even as a backup. All right, I got nine minutes thirty four seconds. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm even impressed I even did that. <laughs> but you know, I, I give a lot of credit. They encouraged me, but uh, that killed the rest of my practice because my back spazzed out. Couldn't feel my legs. Like I think it was a little bit because of the the cleats. It was the first time I've running those cle- these cleats this much this early. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> thank you, Abel. Yeah, like I mean, it, I wasn't, but for what it's worth, the guy that was last, I think he's a newbie, so um, he didn't. He burst out way too fast at the beginning. He went in like a sprint on the first three and then felt it on the back end. But you know, it's all good. I had to remind myself, I'm like, look, this is why we do this sport. You know, it's not about is it easy or is it about, uh, uh, you know, natural, even no matter how long we've done it. But at least can you come back? And I know for a fact, this reminds me of whenever I first started, like I got beat badly on literally doing interval runs and uh, learned. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm not about to get washed. I don't care what it is. So uh, I'm definitely coming back strong on it. But my goodness. That was humbling. All right. I, I really thought I was going to beast out, and I didn't. I, I got some work to do, but, hey, it's part of the process. And just like that, yo, part of this process, I also want to talk a little bit about what one of our sponsors for today, uh, the RSRF Foundation, Rugby Foundation. Y'all, uh, this is one that I'm a board of directors on. This is one of the newest nonprofits. They work with developing HBCU rugby programs, helping to facilitate them, helping to build them, uh, but also being able to develop the initiative of bringing more people of color into rugby, bringing them into these schools and really trying to show out. Like we want to be able to make sure that we have a full range here in the U S because we're tired of getting beat. Am I right? Am I right? I think we're all tired of getting beat. So we want to bring everybody in. So, yo, I definitely say if you can go check out the RSRF rugby foundation page at uh, www.rsrugbyfoundation.org. If you guys can do a little donation, $1, $20, a million dollars, it all works. But we want to be able to work to do the initiative. They helped me with my HBC Rugby Classic. They helped build Howard University program. And they have already in the process of trying to build out two, three more programs along the way. Uh, we got a lot of support from... Uh, guys like Nia Tapper, Carlin Isles, uh, Toes on Tutitanway, and a bunch of dedicated people, uh, Kirill Guthrie, Mike Anderson, who have been absolutely dedicated to developing HBC rugby. So if you guys can, absolutely please check them out. And of course, before we get started with our first story, as per usual, we got to go check out our first sponsor, our second sponsor of the day, Health Enhanced Food. Y'all, this one, I'm telling you, you guys need to jump on this. But I, before we get into that, yo, we got rugby players going to the NFL again. Yo, who is it? You guys probably heard the news. But, hey, man, Wales, <laughs> y'all y'all taking some L's or low-key wins? Who knows? I don't know how it is. But we're going to talk about it when we get back. This is the Rugby Swag Show with Gift Time. Let's go. I'm going to let you get back to the show in a moment, but I want to talk to you about our sponsors, Health Enhanced Foods, the best specialty flowers in the business. What does that mean for you? That is the flowers that allow you to be able to get the nutritious need from your bread made. That's muffins, bread, croissants, whatever, pancakes and muffins. It will give you the opportunity to be able to get the best while still being able to eat like you wanted to. We have various amounts of products available for those who have special dietary needs to those who are looking for a special health outcome and of course because they're part of the rugby swag show we want to let you know that you got a chance to go to healthenhancefoods.com and use code rugby swag to be able to get 20 percent off your first order y'all this is something that you're going to need you got to build up have your energy at the best be the maximum it's 2024 let's do the best but now I want you guys to get into it. Let's get back to the show. Yo, welcome back, y'all. AK, let's talk about the first story of the day. I think this one is the one that really rocked the rugby world hardest, and that is Mr. Lee Lewis Reese Zamet is now going to the NFL. Oh, my God, yo, what's up? 
<laughs> oh, okay. So I'm not going to lie. I had no idea who this guy was prior to all this. But learning more about him, I, it looks like one of those where it hits from the generation. And I think it hurts uh, with the addition of like Owen Farrell and Antoine DuPont not being a part of the Six Nations, not playing for their uh, national team, albeit for their respective reasons. You know, DuPont wants to do the Olympics, so he's getting ready for that one. Uh, and obviously, Owen Farrell is taking a mental health break because he's tired of y'all's online hate destroying him. But, but Louis Rezamit, this guy, this guy's different. This guy's different. He said, I want to follow in the steps of, of very few other rugby elites who have tried their hand at NFL. I think one part of it is obviously because money. I mean, you know, you, the pain is just hands down better. But I, I think the other part is also to see these new challenges. Um, now, if you guys don't know, he actually entered into the program through what is called the International Player Pathway. It is something that's been going on for maybe about uh, almost 10 years now, maybe about five, six years now, um, where the NFL has been trying to find different talents and turn them on. Uh, actually, you, uh, World Rugby's former chairman, um, uh, what was his name? Um, was it Bill Beaumont? Not Bill Beaumont. Um, former chairman Brett Gosper actually moved from being the CEO of World Rugby to working as the head of Europe and Asia Pacific um, scouting for the national for the NFL, simply because he wanted to continue to try and change more players over. So they created this program, and it looked like Lewis had been trying out, and he brought a statement out. He dropped it on Twitter on X, if you may. Um, where he was like, I would like to take this opportunity to announce a significant career decision that I have taken after careful consideration. In a move that I am extremely excited about, I can confirm that I will be joining the NFL's International Player Pathway Program, IPP, in pursuit of earning a spot on an NFL roster in the United States for 2024. All right, so... Like this one again, it rocked the rocked the 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 rugby world. So why? Number one, this kid has been playing for Gloucester and has been obviously has been a pinnacle for Wales. He actually started playing for Wales during the pandemic in 2020. Uh, this guy's a young talent. This guy's a speedy winger. Uh, apparently, as they say, that he's got a breakaway speed similar to NFL wide receiver Tyreek Hill. I think somebody made a comparison. They're like, uh, Zamet, Reese Zamet has been calculated at running uh, 24.2 miles per hour, and Tyreek Hill was somewhere around 22-point-something miles per hour. Now, honestly, I, I, I think there's a little bit mislead, you know, uh, one, pads on for Tyreek Hill, and two, you know, it's, it's understanding your, your surroundings. And, and the breakaway. That being said, this kid's fast. It's fast. A fast Welshman. There's not a lot of them. So I can also understand why there, there is a loss. There's a concern for that. Uh, number two, uh, you know, he has been a pinnacle for the Welsh rugby team uh, over the course of the last uh, couple Six Nations. So losing him in this Six Nations actually even caught the head coach, Gatland, off, off kilter about uh, his placement. So that throws it off. So like I said earlier, three major players not returning for the Six Nations this year. That's not something that, it's not just an uncommon, it's basically unheard of, especially if you're a captain like DuPont and subsequently Owen Farrell. Now, this is all well and interesting, and but he's obviously not the first person to have gone into the league themselves, right? And for me, you know, I'm I'm always a little mixed. I remember, and we're gonna. I want to talk a little bit about some of the players that have gone through. But uh, when it comes to it, it's like, what is it that we're trying to do in rugby? Why is this such an opportunity? On one hand, some people go, "Hey, this is a positive. It means that rugby can be used as developmental for uh, football." Hit or miss, because. Obviously, there hasn't been 
a plethora of successful rugby players that have crossed over. On the other hand, it's also a loss because it also speaks to the volume of where rugby is financially and subsequently what you're going to be dealing with in terms of like the level of turnover and generational shift they're going to have, especially now that the NFL is pushing more and more into Europe. You know, next year they got Berlin, they got Madrid, they got, uh, is it Madrid or they got, yeah, somewhere in Spain, Barcelona. They got Barcelona, of course, London as per usual. So you, you got an entrance happening there, and these can be a clash. The other thing is, and I think uh, was said really well on, on Twitter, which was on X, I got to keep saying it, written by Paul Williams, big time rugby writer. And he was like, is the NFL the pinnacle of athletic ability in the whole sports world? And he's like, I rarely watch it, but they seem to be the best of the best, broadly speaking. And I think that also says another thing where it's like, where is it that rugby competes? So why does this impact rugby in a negative or positive way? But one, it, another way is, you know, how are we going to be helping the sport? Like, we got these guys going in, but do they grow anything back into the sport? Financially, they get set, and I think that's really significant. That's really significant. But how does that grow in, in the sport of rugby itself? Um, and whenever we talk about the pinnacle of athletics, so I think with the NFL, I wrote this on Face on uh, X as well as a response, and I said, hey, look, when it comes to the mixture of uh, speed, Fast twitch speed, power, uh, the size variation, and uh, the number of people available. Uh, add that with the financial compensation with it. I think hands down, it's top. It, it, it's probably the the top league that you can go to uh, of any sport with the most dense amount of athletic capability. When it comes to it. In general, obviously, there's other sports like the Cathlon, there's MMA, you know, there is like the 800, there's all these, let's say, basically Olympic sports that can do the same thing, but they just don't have the financial restitution to be able to handle it. Even rugby could be perceived in that. But I'm here going like, yo, if we're, as rugby, not able to attract people to go up into it, we're going to find ourselves in this, once again, a generational gap. And look, I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I don't think it's great. Now, that being said, what can we say about the success rate? I think the one person that was most familiar to a lot of people that went from rugby to uh, NFL for but a moment in 2015, and this was rugby league, not rugby union, was Jared Hayne. Now, I don't want to talk too much about him because he's a dirty, rotten rapist, so F him forever, but... Uh, you know, he saw a little stint as a punt returner for the preseason. Uh, and so that that kind of sparked a little bit. But there's been a lot that I've gone through. So let's let's go down the list a little bit right here. All right. Number one, we got Gary Anderson. Now, if you don't know who Gary Anderson, Gary Anderson is easily the best kicker in NFL history. He was a saffer who played rugby in South Africa and came to the U.S. to be able to came to the U.S. and started playing NFL football uh, there, played for the Vikings and everybody and their mama. But this man was a is a Hall of Famer and a beast, all right? So that's that's one. So we've seen a success there as a kicker. Stuart Bradley. Stuart Bradley was a linebacker for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he was a U.S. rugby player, though, all right? He played for Highland Rugby, and if you don't know who Highland Rugby is, uh, if you go watch um, um, uh, uh, Forever Rugby, uh, the movie, um, that is where uh, – that's the team that that movie is based off of. Now, how your feelings on that movie is, that's neither here nor there. I don't care. But that's what that basin – Stuart Bradley, and he had a great career, seven-year career, you know, did his thing. No complaints going over there, all right? You had a guy, David Dixon. Now, David Dixon played in New Zealand. He didn't start playing football until he got to college in Arizona State, ended up playing 11 years for as an NFL guard, primarily for the Minnesota Vikings. We got something over there, all right? Cool. Uh, and now let's talk to about people that have had a, a better connection with professional rugby and then transition to football. We got Alex Gray. 
Alex Gray was a center in number eight. He played for Newcastle and formerly known as London Iris, now defunct, as well as played for England Sevens. Uh, he made his way over to the NFL path, uh, NFL using the IPP, same one that uh, Lewis's Lewis Rezamit uh, is using. Uh, he made it to the Atlanta Falcons practice squad. No idea where he is right now, but he at least showed a little bit of success, of course, for a team that I hate with all my passion. So kind of F him forever, too. <laughs> uh, and then you got Christian Scotland Williamson, uh, who played for Worcester from 2014 to 2017. He was a second rower. Uh, he actually made it again through the IPP program into the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad. So not onto the starting squad. He's not dressing up for games typically, but if they did anything, boom, there he is. He's he's going to be uh, part of the thing. Uh, my boy Caleb talking. Uh, I, I know I'm going to get to him, Caleb. No worries. I'm going to get to him. Don't, don't, don't even worry about that. Um, and uh, we got, so him wasn't successful, but, you know, he made it on there. And then you got someone like Christian Wade. Christian Wade looked like Reggie Bush on his highlights. I don't know if you guys remember those good Christian Wade, um, good Christian Wade play uh, 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 highlights. Hold on, let me see if I can pull a Christian Wade highlight up here. Uh, yeah, let me let me let me let me bring us over. Let me bring us over here. So this is Christian Wade. This was he ended up going to the Buffalo Bills, but he was a beast with England. Like dude was just juking on everybody. Christian this is what he was in the NFL. Back and he gets the carry here for the Bills. And look at Wade go all the way from England to the house. Touchdown! Oh, let me take that back again because I took it off. All the, the way from England to the house. Touchdown, Buffalo! Unbelievable! Look at the Bills' sideline. They are going crazy for their friend from England. Christian. So Christian Wade was one. Now, he ended up getting, I think, cut by the Bills. Uh, I think he's trying to make his push into, you know, football and still do it because he never went back to England. He never went back to playing. I think he even wrote somewhere where he was like, yo, I got paid 400 grand just to be able to leave rugby to go play. And he, I don't think he even made it out of preseason as uh, on the roster. Also looks like he, I guess he bounced around. I didn't research him that much, but he, he was one that, that did it. And then I think the most famous, I think the, I think arguably might be the most successful rugby crossover uh, into the football is Jordan Maialata. He is a tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. He made it to a Super Bowl last year. Like, this dude is a beast. He's only a couple years in. He's probably one of the best tackles uh, uh, in rugby. There's guys that block if, you know, you're coming from overseas and, and talking this. Um, he is fantastic. He jumped from rugby league to, to the NFL, so not rugby union. But still within that guise, it's like, yo, he's, he's, he's done damage. Like, he can do it. So – I think a lot has been found when it comes to skill. When it comes to skill players, I don't know if there's really much uh, has been much success in terms of um, an out a successful outcome from skill players because I think there's one the lack of knowledge, two um, the inability to uh, fully traverse going with pads and understanding playbooks and understanding all the the nuances that come with playing despite what people say, but I think we've seen a lot of success when it comes to uh, linemen and defensive linemen. Um, they've seemed to be where the power of rugby transitioning over to football has been the best. I think there's been others, Paul Lasik. We obviously know Nate Ebner out of the U S uh, Hayden Smith, who was became a tight end and played for like a season. He was with premiership. Like, there's been some guys, but again, they've been very short run success. 
The longest run seems to be at, in the trenches, in the line, which means it's your back rowers and your props that probably have been able to have the best crossover. Uh, so I, I don't know. This one, I, 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 I don't know if this is going to be a big deal. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Let me know what you guys are feeling like. Do you think that, you know, Lewis is going to have a chance? Like, do you think Lewis is going to be able to go do some damage? I, I don't know. But I, I feel like, I don't know. He's, he's, it's probably not going to go well. Probably make a practice squad, but 22 years old, entering in, never played outside of some plays here and there for the, uh, for the um, transition funnel. I, I wouldn't have that much expectation for him going through. All right. Yo, let's move on to our next story of the day. Uh, that is the women of the British, the British and Irish Lions have finally decided to get out of the 19th century and say, hey, women can go play this too. Now, I, I don't know the level of relevance this is going to be to them because I, I'm not the biggest fan of the British and Irish Lions team. I don't know if they had the same purpose anymore, but I do feel for the women because they have a pathway that is unique to themselves, I think they have a chance to possibly make this feel unique. And I think the thing that makes it really special for them is the fact that this is, it feels like the Great Britain team for the Olympics seven side. Like that we only get like once every four years, which basically this is also within that same guys. So, you know, if you guys don't know, British and Irish Lions uh, are a combination team that's made up of uh, Great Britain, England, um, Ireland, and Wales, essentially. Uh, which means, ha our girl Jasmine Joyce is going to be able to have a chance to play uh, if she's not too busy trying to prep for the Olympics in 2028. Uh, shout out to her because she's getting married. And I know she doesn't know anything about the show, but we're going to have her on at some point in time. Anyway, that's not the point of this story. But the point is, like, we're for the first time, you're seeing this. And this is something that's been a pinnacle of rugby, especially out of England, for almost 100 years. This was something that back in the day, whenever they had to take boats down to New Zealand and Australia because the, no individual team was capable of actually beating the the Maoris and beating the the uh, Australians and beating um, well it was basically just those two because nobody cared about the islands because you know racism but uh, like this has been a pinnacle of the the European rugby programming right so it is a significant deal that they're creating one on the other side for the women. But I, I do question its relevance. One, because we see England being able to compete against New Zealand, albeit they've lost the last two Rugby World Cups to New Zealand in the finals. So it speaks to the volume of the relevance of needing to do a team-up. Uh, we've seen them play hard in sevens. Like, like I said, the Great Britain team uh, you know, has done its damage in the Olympics, still hadn't beaten New Zealand. Uh, I think they've definitely beaten Australia, but hadn't beaten New Zealand. But yeah, it was. It, this is something that's legit. You know, there's going to be a three uh, three test series happening in 2027. Uh, and I mean, what what more can you go on that? I wanted I wanted to to know that we're starting to see the the development of that women's side, which I've always said it becomes the most pinnacle component of rugby. If we don't develop the women's side, key. Like, rugby cannot grow the way it needs to be. Like, it, it can't. And I know a lot of people talk about the financials, but, yeah, the financials matter. And this is the way to do it because it, it not only does it increase your audience, but you need the relevance of having the full program getting here rather than just the men's because the men's right now is pure chaotic, pure chaos, pure, pure chaos. Now, uh the CEO for the British and Irish Lions said, uh, his name is Ben Calvelli. Uh, he said, supporting the growth of the women's game is a key strategic pr priority for the British and Irish Lions as it is for each of our unions. So the reason why I'm saying that is because right now we have 2025 where the men's British and Irish Lions are about to kick off. 
uh, and do their stint, I think, down in Australia. Uh, Owen Farrell's dad, Andy Farrell, just got named the head coach for that one. Um, but on top of that, you, you're trying to get the bounce of, can we get not just a TV rating, but spark like more stars, an all-star team out of that, more people out of the premiership? Does it work for uh, the programming? Does it work for documentation? I'm assuming they're about to make a program from that one. For me, again, I, I think that the British and Irish Lions seems to be an archaic program, but I don't have a connection to it because from the U.S. Like, what, what is it to me? Like, it's, 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 it's there. Uh, it seemed like it was a great social program, and it was. But considering how the calendar is, and even now, um, obviously for the men's side, with the new international calendar that's going to include the um, the uh, Tier 1, Tier 2 competitions on a year-to-year basis. For the women's side, the WXV tournament, um, and then obviously now the HSBC 7s uh, rotation. Like... There's a lot happening and a lot of conflict that's going to be going on. And that's not on top of the already professional rugby that goes on basically 10 months out of the year. Uh, so I don't exactly know what the outcome is, but I do feel like the women are going to benefit far more from it. And not just from a pandering sense. I actually think they just will benefit more because it's more rugby and more chances to spotlight them. Uh, and I hope that, you know, we can be able to create something like that, even on the U.S. side, like a – North American, South American, um, what's a bird that works between all of us? Emo. <laughs> the emo? Emu. The emu. All right. That's a fierce bird. Yeah, I think. Or, ooh, ooh, ooh. The North American, South American, uh, North American, South American chubacabres. All right. A little bit of Mexico recognized bring in South America with a few of the Argentinian Brazilian boom, bring in the U S uh, uh, Canada and the Caribbean. Oh, we need to do that. Oh, we need to do that. I would love to see that North American, South American side. Let's make that happen. Yo, we got to make that happen. I'm, I'm here for that. But I do think that again, it, it's a chance to be able to spotlight and it's another all-star team. And of course, going against New Zealand, that's always going to be a beast in and of itself. Um, yo, Abel Rosas going like, oh, yeah, Chupacabres, my boy. You know it. You know it. Let's go. <laughs> I would love that. I want that to happen. I actually really want that to happen. We really need that to happen because the talent level on this side of the, the, the athleticism on this side of the hemisphere is just like redonk. Like, I, I, I couldn't think that we we should be able to go do that. But, you know, we'll see. All right. So, look, right now, hey, let's get to our next commercial break. I just want to, you know, we got to go take care of the people who take care of us. But, yo, coming up next, y'all, uh, man, Challengers series has already taken off. You guys don't realize, yo, China, Kenya, you guys are coming, trying to get your spots back. Trying to get your spots back. Let's talk more about that when we get back. Rugby swag show with Gift Time Rug Gift Gift Time A Bailu. Be right back. Hey everybody, this is just the break transiting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there. Where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help. And it came. From Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! Yeah! Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, Friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. 
Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Back, y'all. Look, man, we got the World Rugby Sevens Challenger Series that happened this past weekend in Dubai. Now, what is the World Rugby Sevens Challenger Series? Well, look, if you guys know what the HSBC Seven Series is, this is the uh, not the console, this is the second tier. All right, this basically is the people who want to have a chance to enter into the Seven Series. This was created technically, it was created in 2020, but I feel like they really were only able to get it off this last last couple of years. They've done like one game, one game, but this year for the first time, they got like four games, four matches that are be happening for the World Rugby Seven Series, uh, for the Seven Challenger Series. And the last game happened in Madrid. The winner of the overall competition gets into a playoff against the losers, the bottom two losers of the HSBC Seven Series. Um, for relegation to see who pops back up. And I think this one is great because typically what we'd always find is that around Singapore, uh, this is whenever teams would have a chance. We'd see Jamaica, see Germany, yada, yada, come in. But it would only be like one shot. And it's really tough to be able to do that. Like that one shot to be able to get it all in, in their first shot to see if they can jump up and play against the best of the best. Like, oof, that's a tough one. But... This year, they really, really took it up uh, and, and made it happen. Um, and we'll talk about the Vortex. We'll talk about a Vortex. Don't worry. Um, and made it up really, really heavy. Um, so, look, what happened this weekend? All right. What happened this weekend? Let's just tell you the results, man. Kenya men have come out like a mug. All right. This is a squad that, honestly, honestly, I don't didn't know that they were going to be able to make their return. Um if you don't know, Kenya Rugby Union been suffering their own uh, financial issues, similar to Wales. Um, you know, they lost basically all their leaders over the course of the last two years, basically. Um, their best, their most prominent players. All right. Their most prominent players, they've been slowly weighing themselves out. Um, so, like, this year was really, like, a fresher. But these guys... Man, they're, they're not playing. Like, these guys are not playing because not only did they um, win for their competition for the Olympic trials, which they beat South Africa to be able to. South Africa 7th beat South Africa 7th to get automatic qualification for the Olympics to win their, their region. Uh, they're also set themselves up to win this challenger series and return back to the HSBC sevens, a place where they had notoriously already been like one of those teams that have just been like, you know, they've been impactful, but never like over the top. They felt like the Philadelphia, like the Pittsburgh Steelers in football, like always in the mix, but never like going to make a championship. They were just like there. And once they got to the big stage, especially the Olympics, like they just kind of faltered off. So this year, it feels like they're trying to earn their way back into the HSBC Seven Series uh, in a real way and back into the Sevens spotlight overall. The other team that you need to look out for and that they had been there before, I think starting from 2014, and then they kind of lost their way out to uh, a lot to Japan um, in over the course of what? The last three years since the pandemic, for sure, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but it's China women. And China women, remarkably athletic team. Remarkably athletic team. Like, that was one that they started, I, like I said, I remember seeing them initially in 2014, whenever they first were putting their programs together and they would come to Atlanta Sevens. And they had been growing. They weren't great, but they were always formidable. And that was interesting. They were always formidable, especially because they would play hand-to-hand -hand against a very experienced Japanese women's team that had been pretty much dominating the region for most of the time. So this Chinese Sevens team now coming back into its form, I think is something to watch. Now, they're not, they're not like major contenders. Like they're not, they're not definitely not gonna be they're right now they're in repache. 
uh, trying to get a chance to be able to get into the Olympics, get the final qualification spot. But in terms of being a playoff team and one that can be reminding, definitely taking on the best, and especially going against Japan, absolutely one to be able to watch. Absolutely one to be able to watch. Um, and for them, they had a great, had a great run. All right. So Kenya Sevens men actually had beaten Chile Sevens men uh, 12-5 to win the Challenger Series. And China was able to beat Kenya Sevens women 19-5 to take, uh, um, to take out, to get this championship for that one. Now, who ended up also playing in this? So you guys know, for the women's side, uh, they had, we had Belgium Sevens, Thailand, Uganda, who I've said is a dark horse, uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, in Pool A, Kenya, Kenya, China, uh, Chechnya, which I think is Czech Republic. I don't remember. Mexico. Uh, and then, of course, we had uh, Argentina, Poland, um, Argentina, Poland, and uh, Hong Kong and Paraguay. Again, Paraguay is actually like low-key a good team to go against. And then for the men's side, you had Uruguay trying to jump their way back in, being trying to be the second most dominant team in South America. Hong Kong, China, which is different than China. Um, Georgia, Papua New Guinea, uh, Chile for Pool B, Japan, Tonga, Portugal. And Japan surprising because we know what they did in the Olympics back in 2015 uh, and really had seen their program kind of Crescent, and then again, the pandemic really hurt a lot of people on that one. Uh, Tonga, Portugal, who we've seen develop, and in fact, the f- impact of their seven side has been the positive for their 15 side. Uh, Germany, Kenya, Uganda, who once again I consider to be the real dark horse in all of rugby in, in terms of sevens, and then Mexico men as well. So this is one where it, it kind of lived up to what I kind of expected. Uh, number one, Uruguay on the back end won third place in the Sevens Challenger Series, beating Germany, who's always kind of in the mix, but they just don't get the turnover. Uh, Argentina women got third place in it, for, uh, got third place for the women, uh, but they had beat Uganda women Sevens 36 to 10. And that speaks a lot because Argentina women are actually on a crescent and they are actually really good, really fast, not and and quite strong for them as well too. Uh one that I I you know, like I said, Uganda men are one that I think you sh- everybody should be watching out for. Uh and they ended up in ninth place uh for their for their outcome, but they ended up beating Portugal 27 to 12 uh for them. Even though they ended in ninth place, I'm telling you, man, watch these. Watch Uganda. I'm going to say this every single time I get a chance. Watch Uganda. Uganda is coming up. Uganda is making some moves. They're not perfect, but they're not weak. And even in their pool play, they only lost uh, one match. What is it? One match, right? Yeah. Oh, they lost, lost two. Sorry. They lost two matches. But, again, to Kenya and I think to... Germany initially, and uh, yes, to Kenya and to yeah, Germany, Kenya and Germany. So, look, like I said, not anything to play with, but this one is something that everybody watches now. The next series doesn't happen again until almost a month from now. Uh, it's going to be taking place in, uh, Uruguay on, uh, March 8th, March 8th through 10th, uh, in Montevideo, 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 uh, Uruguay, uh, for the second round of this, like I said, goes all the way until Madrid, I think in June, uh, Germany, it's going to take place after, Uruguay is going to go to Poland, Karakwal, which is so random, and they end up in Germany before finishing up in a playoffs finals for the for relegation in Madrid, Spain. So, man, this is definitely something to watch. Yo, let me know what you guys think about all of this. Let me know how you guys 
are looking at if you guys even care, which I think you should. This is where you're seeing the growth of the game really happen at its best, right? Uh, yo, Vortex Rugby asks on Instagram, yo, how do we get on the show? Look, Vortex, yo, let me know what you're an expert in and hit me up on the DMs. Hit me up on the DMs. We can talk from there and then see what we can do to bring it on. All I'm saying, like, we keep it simple here. All right. We got ads coming up, but y'all, I want to talk to you guys about players moving on to the next stage. I think this was just a nice story. This is just a nice story for whatever it's worth, you know? Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about it. Premiership rugby player got his NBA. Um, let's 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 talk about it for a bit uh after these messages. Be right back. This is rugby swag with gift gift time at Bailey. I'm going to let you get back to the show. I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. But in 2024, it is necessary that you have your own website. Don't let anybody tell you social media is the only place that you can be able to advertise. You need your own home. And the best home to be able to purchase online is through Green Geeks. This is the web host platform that gives you the most for the cheapest price, y'all. I've been using Green Geeks for almost 10 years now, and off the WordPress platform, I've been able to customize and create websites to my desire and to the liking that I need. Included with it, they give you some of the best customer service in the business, and I cannot say enough about them. They have been able to be a great assistance to everything I do. And if you guys want to be able to start today at $4.95 per month, go to the link in the bio or the link in the caption, depending on where you're at, and go use it to help the show and get your site up right away. There's no reason that you need to be having complications, that you need to be having paying thousands of dollars to be able to do it, or even thousands of dollars per month to be able to get your website up. Go to Green Geeks, check it out, support the show. All right, let's get you back. Yo, guys, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, no, I just want to talk about it. it. Again, not the biggest story. This was a fairly light week, but, you know, it's something that we always like to say. Maro Itoji got his MBA, man. Maro Itoji got his MBA. And honestly, I, I just honestly, I just like the story. You know, I, I like to see rugby players who are, especially whenever it comes to the professional side, doing more with their time and setting an example um, for more than just what's happening in sports. Obviously with Morrow, he's got a lot that's about to happen. And I think even with the NBA, you know, we are trying to figure out whether or not he's going to be continuing with the Saracens at premiership, uh, whether or not he's going to top 14, you know, what's happening with, with uh, uh, England um, international team. But, you know, to see him post up, and again, as a Nigerian, as a Nigerian, I understand this because I know his parents were the absolute epitome of excitement when it came to this, right? Absolute epitome of excitement on this one, uh, to know that their kid finally got it. And he wrote on uh, in, on X, they call me B-A-M-B-A now. Nice day yesterday. Actually, you know what? Let me do it in, in the voice that's proper. They called me BA MBA now. Nice day in yesterday. I can't do a British accent. I'm sorry. Nice day yesterday, graduating for my MBA at Warwick Business School, the University of Warwick. Big love to all the amazing people I met in the course, group 36, who know you who you are. Uh, also, this automatically means I'm going to be the next Dengochi. Dengoti, if you guys don't know who Dengoti is. Dengoti is the wealthiest Nigerian and wealthiest black man in the world uh, at, I think, like two point something billion dollars, something to that effect. But, uh, you know, man's a beast. But, yo, shout out to Maro Toji. I don't have anything super major with it. Just wanted to give some props over to the guy um, and, and just big congratulations for for what he's been able to do with his time, his money, and to be able to balance both school and rugby at the exact same time. Like, that's, that's, it's a gift. It's a gift, no pun intended. Uh, all right, y'all. So, 
Lastly, you know, I as per usual, you know, we get a week and we get to shift some things over. So I wanted to go and uh, do some talking points that were brought into the comments that I think are great to be able to talk about on to the show itself uh, and from people. Because, yo, as I've always said, you can go ahead and make comments during the lives, uh, make comments on underneath the YouTube videos, on um, Instagram, on uh uh, Facebook, Twitch, as well. If you get a chance, so I uh, wanted to be, you know, bring, bring, bring some of it on because I just, I genuinely just enjoy whenever we have these uh, conversations. So uh, let me bring on. Hang tight. Make sure you guys are seeing the right ones. All right. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit on what we have going on. So uh, one question that we talked about uh, it was about cyberbullying on the uh, in, on Steve Borthwick talking about uh, in, uh, cyberbullying killing rugby. We talked about it on the episode last week. My guy, Rit the Rugger 160, said, I agree. The problem is that it's become a spectator sport. They've been changing the game laws over the last couple decades to make it more fun to watch and less fun uh, to play. It's not the spectators that are leaving, it's the players. Most of the matches that are played across the world have no spectators, yet most of the laws changes are designed to make it better to watch. Why has this been going on so somebody can make a lot of money? So I, I agreed and disagreed with uh, Rit the Rugger's points <laughs> there. Yo, shout out to my boy, Benji. Benji Haswell uh, talking about Nigerians are everywhere, I swear. You know, love from the, your, your favorite Saffer. Of course, much love to you, Benji. Also recognize the takeover, all right? Recognize the takeover. If you didn't have us, where would you guys be? Less happy. I'm going to just say that. <laughs> but to answer Rit the Rugger's point, I do agree that they've made a lot of changes to rugby to be able to make it more fun to watch. I actually, I don't agree with that. I don't think they've done a great job of making it more fun to watch. They just made it a little bit more confusing game with an attempt to make it more fluid. Um, and I think also for lawsuit purposes, you know, nobody wants to get uh, hit by concussion uh, CTE lawsuits in the back end. But that being said, whenever saying it's so somebody can make a lot of money, I disagreed with that because I can say that nobody's making a lot of rug money in rugby. Like there's nobody making a lot. There's a lot of people spending money. Um, there's a lot of passion in the business of rugby, but there isn't anybody making, not even top 14, has a bunch of billionaires that spend money, but they're not making a ton of money off from it. So from that standpoint, I think that's why they're trying to make it more of a spectator's game and put things into place. Now, you know, we talked with uh, Mick Feely, obviously, um, about last week, and he spoke about the fact of investing in grassroots. This was in regards to uh, the USA Hawks and going to Charlotte and all that. And again, it goes back to what are you building from the base up? Um, you know, are you creating your uh, a base that grows with you? And that means you can have both the spectator and then people that play. And I talked about this. You'll see this in the interview that we do coming up uh, with with uh, the Great American Rugby. But uh, I feel like there's been a, a clash between recreational rugby and spectator rugby. We see it a lot in the U.S. And then it's kind of been working its way through. George Hook even spoke on it, on it being change from a player sport to a spectator sport. If we're losing a lot of players, that means we're probably not pushing in a lot of people in the grassroots, which means we're also losing a lot of spectators. It's hard to say, but I can definitely say nobody's making money off of this, um, and they're just not doing a great job. But it, it does mess it, and it creates that bullying aspect to be so detrimental to the overall sport. So big thanks to Rick the Rugger on that. Uh, he also asked about the Argentina thing. He said, is this the same organization that Glendale was working with down there? And um, yes, 
uh, talking about um, uh, um, talking about I, this was on the video talking about Argentina's uh, what I like to call their um, imperialistic rise in rugby as they spread themselves. So there was a talk about them uh, creating a super rugby team again to be able to compete, uh, creating a super rugby, bringing a super rugby team over from Tonga with the uh, Drua uh, and bringing them to Hawaii. And then uh, Argentina putting, uh, obviously talking about their impact with Miami Sharks as well with a lot of Argentinians going there and seeing that spread. Uh, so with that being said, American Raptors are the team that play in the Super Rugby South, Super Rugby Americas. Uh, the Dogos are the primary team that are playing with the uh, that are playing with the uh, Argentinian sides uh, down there for their Super Rugby League down there in Super Rugby Americas. Uh, but it's with American Raptors that are playing down there. That that is the same one. Um, but again, man, shout out to Argentina again, have been able to be a, what should be a blueprint of how to use club play loyalty over, albeit 70, 80 years to be able to create successful programs that can do it. Um, yo, uh, Benji says franchises start better, start connecting with their fans. The sharks in Durban are falling apart despite the investment as marketing is garbage. Ground up approach is required. 100% agreed. And this is why, like what Mick said, but when you learn about what Argentina does, they literally have mastered the ground up approach, being basically a tier two country that's been able to overproduce and succeed as a tier one because they are a tier two country uh, and, and by all intents and purposes. Um, uh, USA Rugby, uh, USA Rugby, league union fan talking about uh world rugby and usa rugby making a new professional team what a shocker this charlotte thing is yes it is we're gonna see how it all goes down uh, i'm not 100 sure like there's people who are still doubting it the usa hawks have been in existence they tried to do their things for super rugby i'm not 100 sure what they're going to fully emphasize out of it but you know, shout out to Charlotte, at least getting their rugby stuff back. Uh, and it goes to something that, uh, again, Rick the Rugger, our guy, 160, talking about it. He's like, I know it's not the same group, but I'm happy for Charlotte. I remember playing the Charlotte RFC back in the 70s. Charlotte was a Charleston RFC's favorite enemy, which we always love a good rivalry. There was nobody we would rather outplay and outparty. Impressive organization. Hell, they had their own pitch clubhouse way back in the 70s, for Christ's sake. Which is something that is, again, needs to be said. And maybe not necessarily all of the um, can get the clubhouse, but you need a real estate. And I, I, we talked about this in a few episodes, talking about MLR. But this revolves around most clubs. You need a real estate where people can gather and that there is value in the membership outside of playing. And that's where you have a real marketing plan and develop into creating sustainable grassroots. I want to send it up to Benji again. Uh, hitting me, hitting it back. What are you doing? Come on. Uh, there we go. Uh, there we go. Here we go. So talking about uh, the Sharks again, the Durban Sharks. Sharks went from being a team that had to support all over KwaZulu to now branding themselves as the Durban Sharks, therefore, thereby alienating the rest of the states. Extremely stupid. And I remember we had a conversation in the comments about the way that South African um, fans go and watch rugby, where it is not about the individual players, but it is about the team. So if you're creating separation from the team, the separation from the community and the team into each other, you know, you're going to put yourself into a position where you're not going to win. You're just not going to win. And it's going to absolutely hurt your overall brand. And I think, again, we're seeing it. We got to build back from the grassroots up. Man, thank you so much for all the comments that are on there. Thank you so much for guys being a part of this and, and absolutely uh, taking a watch. Uh, please, if you guys can, go check out our interview with Craig Dawson. Oh, he's 
A&M, absolutely an amazing, amazing conversation that we had with him. Um, and if you guys want, on top of that, check out some of our other ones. We've had some great conversations. Mike Anderson uh, before him, Freddie uh, Henry Ajudwa before that, and we've had plenty of in-depth from uh, Nia Tapper, Chetta Emba, Jen Salomon, Blaine Scully. Uh, we've had it uh, just across board. Everybody's just really being a part of the game, really being able to show their experience. Yo, thank you all for taking the time. And of course, I want to always say, because I need you guys to always remember this as we go out every single day, I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are healthy. And the most important, the most important and pinnacle every day and we remind ourselves, I hope that you know that you are highly favored by simply being here. Thank you all so much for being a part of this and look forward to talking to you guys next week. We've got another interview coming up on Friday. Look out for that one. Tell your friends about this. Cheers.